Welcome to episode 15 of Always Listening as we review the Thinking Atheists. We are your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And we are Always Listening. Another episode in our ongoing saga that is Lister Appreciation Month as it's now bled over into Christmas Christmas (laughs) Appreciation Month, I guess. I don't know. And uh, how fitting that we uh, start December, the the month of our Lord, here with The Thinking Atheist. I didn't line these up, by the way, back to back. I didn't do this on purpose, The Thinking Atheist and the No Sleep Podcast. But it's just devil, devil, devil this week, isn't it? Um... (laughs) Yes, so I think we need to do something very important at the beginning of this. Okay. Just like we do on, on any, like, we are Southern Christians. Yes. That's a very good point. Let's do, we just, last week I owned that I'm a big scaredy cat, or last episode yes. I owned that I'm a big scaredy cat. Right. We are both born and raised in Louisiana. Both of us Christian. I'm Methodist. You're- Methodist. There you go. We're both Methodist. Now. Which is kind of weird in the part of the country that we're in. Oh, that it's is mostly Baptist. Yeah, here. there's a whole lot of Baptists around here. And if you get further south of Louisiana, it's all, all Catholic. Catholic. Yeah, oh, not literally all Catholic, but most, the vast majority are Catholic. So steeped in it, Josh. I mean, yeah. we've been, how many, um, how many teen Bible camps have you been to or, or like revival events for the youth in your raising? As few as possible. As, but, but, but more than you want. Oh, yeah. You know, more than probably. Most of the listening audience of this podcast, I would guess, just uh, because they're sampled all across the nation and the sure. world. Anyway, so th- we're right here in the middle of it. And obviously, that is going to affect our opinions of this show or any show that we come across because of, of where we come from in our culture. But on the flip side, it's not like neither one of us are fundamentalists. We're not extremists in any way. In, in any way. And for here, at least for our regional locale, we're both fairly... Um, socially liberal even theologically speaking I sure would, yeah 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 okay so take all of that and wrap that up as we discuss this show first of all you can find the show by going to thethinkingatheist.com that's uh, the place where you can locate them and what is the the format of the show josh uh, we uh, we got a couple of the intros for some of these we did not get one for this one the host of the show first of all we should talk about is seth Andrews, and we're going to get to host likability here in just a little while. How regular is this podcast? There's a lot of them pretty regular. Yeah. Every Tuesday at six, apparently. And you can listen, you can tune into it live, and lots of people do. I believe it's even on the radio in certain places. Maybe uh, th- that was the case at certain times, and it's not anymore, but I think he's on the radio, the actual radio. Oh, he's got a the, great voice to be the on internet the radio. radio. Well, yeah, I don't know his background, yeah. but he sounds like a radio guy. Absolutely. He, he sounds. sounds- Great. Well, like um, Jeff Brown, we were listening to on the way to the studio tonight, for instance. He's got that very much, you know, he's was a guy that worked 20 years in radio before he was a podcaster. So the length of the podcast, though, how long are these episodes? Hour, over an hour, hour 20. Uh, but then you also get some that are 40 minutes as well. Yeah, yeah. But but around the hour mark. Uh, not too much longer, not too much shorter. That's that's it. That's where you can find them. That's where you're, that's way the way the show is formatted. What is the show about? The way we break down podcasts here on Always Listening is we talk about host likability. We talk about production values, the audio quality, and then the content itself. Let's start with host likability, Josh. And I got a few things to say here, but I believe from the way that we've discussed the show already, you got a few more things to say. Here's what I'll say. He's very intelligent. He's very well-spoken. And yes. he is very articulate. He's got a great, as you said, a great speaking voice, a good delivery. I wondered often as I listened to this show, how much of this is real? How much of it's like a character? How much of it is a character? When I listen to Rush Limbaugh, 
like, for instance. And right. I'm not. I mean, obviously, they're not in the same ballpark as far as you know their empires or whatever. But when I listen to Rush Limbaugh, I don't think. Rush Limbaugh believes all of these things that he is saying. If I had dinner with Rush Limbaugh and his wife or his girlfriend or whatever, that guy would not show up at dinner, I don't think. But he knows there's an audience. Yes. And, and you, I mean, you could say there's somebody buying what he's selling. Yeah. Even if you're not actively actually selling something, you are, you are pitching yourself or your message sure. or whatever, and there are benefits from that to be had. I wonder how much of this persona is just that. Well, so... I've kind of felt the same way. And then I also thought, you know, we've talked before that every cause needs every type of voice. You and I talk about this often. Yes. So. And you direct, I mean, as negative as not, not negative, but like uh, constructive criticism to me, I'm an Apple uh, aficionado sure. and you're like, there's a better way for you to talk about Apple so that people that don't use Apple right now might consider it. You talk about it and turn them off. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yes. And, or, or maybe I do that about liberal politics, for instance, and I get too, I'm too, oh, you do that as too well. combative. Yes. And you're like, that's, you're not winning any causes. You're not Correct. winning any moderates that way. Slow your roll. You think that's the case here? Yes, I think that is 100% the case here. And I think, I think atheism. Athe- athe- atheism? Atheism. Yeah. I think atheism, obviously, as a cause, needs every type of voice. Well, and first of all, it's hard to talk about atheism as like it's not a you know it's it's not one thing. It is. Yeah, it's like it's not really a cause. Like, yeah, it's not really it's, a cause. what it is is it's it's an anti-cause almost. You know, like I atheism is a the lack of belief in something like that. That can't be a unified movement by its very nature. And yet, you're right. You, you need somebody that is radically. Uh, uh, like confrontationally that yeah. way, I yeah. suppose, to draw you in that direction. And then you need people who are gentler, softer minds. Yes. Yes. Seth's is not often a gentle or soft voice. No. 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 It's a pleasant voice, not a gentle voice. Would you classify him as a jerk? I would say he comes off. No, he doesn't come off as a jerk. Uh, I would say he comes off as smug. Smug is a good way to describe it. Like he's, which is like. Like to have that kind of belief in something so strongly that you can go 100 miles an hour and be that smug, it's pretty impressive. Yes, yes. I, so we, we, you and I were talking about it earlier tonight. We got a buddy, Richard, who is, I, I think I haven't talked about him to him about religion in a while, but I believe he would still classify himself as agnostic. So he's not exactly the same category. But when we talk about religion, he has, you know, and I talk about my faith or I talk about a miracle or I talk about the nature of God or the nature of creation or blah, 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 whatever. And occasionally he's like, well, yeah, I've never felt it was hurtful. I've never felt attacked by him and his discussions. And I know we're friends. And so that's a different thing. But I just feel like there is a way to believe this and to espouse for it even directly to people that believe the the opposite thing from you and yet not be confrontational. So that's that's what makes it come off as what that point exactly is is what kind of makes you question on okay well how strongly does this guy really believe and what he's saying or what he's attacking because he's not as aggressive as Rush Limbaugh but there's very like there's very defined lines in this show. For example, when he talks about Christianity or anything in the Bible, it is always in the extreme literal. Yes. Yes. Here's a clip 
for instance, this is from an episode called uh, What Christians Don't Know About the Bible. And uh, I'm mostly just inserting it here because it's it's him. It's being a little smug, but this is an example of smugness that I almost didn't mind. I got to chuckle at this one. And it's it's one of those places where he walks that fine line and maybe he stays on the right side of it. Here we go. After a while, I began to, to realize that much of my life and much of what the Bible said about life and about God and about everything didn't really make sense, wasn't adding up. And I dared to start to question. And for the first time, after reciting verse after verse after verse when we were growing up, I mean, they were all these little uh, sound-biteable, happy verses. You know, the, the Scripture was like Pez. They were like little sweet morsels that didn't fill you up, but they sure did taste good. I think what happens is, and I think this is what happened with Rush Limbaugh, as you step out and you say, hey, I'm going to take a hard line. I'm going to believe a thing. I'm going to say a thing. I'm going to be that thing, and I'm going to make it clear, and I'm going to head in that direction. For whatever reason, you decide to take that stance, whether it's true belief, whether it's demagoguery, whatever it is. Once you take that stance and you start to walk that way, less and less people that disagree with you are allowed into the circle that you hear from in a way that you can take. You know what I mean? Like it becomes more and more insular. And the farther away in that direction you walk, the more insular it becomes. Oh, yeah, 100%. So I feel like that what he's doing here is he's gathering like minds. He's not really changing anybody's mind. And, and the thing is, is so this is where I think for me kind of the smugness comes in. Yes. Is in this next clip, he has a, a book that I would I would probably read that I would think would be interesting, right? But for the different but for different reasons that I think that I feel that he had has has kind of written it now after listening to some of it. And it's called Sacred Cows. Okay. And in the book it kind of goes through all these different beliefs and kind of breaks down how ridiculous some of their sacred rituals or, or the the ceremonies and things that they do. But he does it from him reading it on there. I read a chapter in one in Sacred Cows, I think it's called. And then in, uh, in another episode, he uh, it's a recording of him giving giving a, a presentation. And he always kind of does it in a in a making fun of someone's belief least kind of ways, right? But if you if your goal is to change people's minds, to enlighten people, which is it, which is what I feel like he's wanting to do, then I think using that as a tactic to do it is is fairly poor. And yes. and so this this clip coming up right here, he's talking about the book and and he says, well, you'll listen to what he says right here. But I mean, let's say you've got an image with multiple items in it. You've got the green of the carpet, you've got the chair, you've got the table, you've got the red of the house, and the snake. Well, if Isbell's data is correct, we have evolved so that the snake will immediately become our first and primary area of focus. And we should probably be thanking the snake in this regard, because if the data is accurate, it may be one of the reasons that we higher primates have superior vision and larger brains. Snakes may have made us smarter. Well, actually, snakes made some of us (laughs) smarter. There is, my friends... 
A church culture that instructs the faithful to not only ignore their panicky pulvinar, but to actually invite venomous snakes into their homes and churches for a Sunday morning snack. Of course, you're well ahead of me. We're talking about the wild, weird, pulpit-pounding Pentecostals called snake handlers. And you have not lived until you've seen this on YouTube. <laughs> it's insane. So his idea is somebody who is a believer that this book is going to get them to go, oh, man, this tribe in India is so ridiculous. That's insane. Oh, no, maybe my own beliefs are just as insane because they're in some here. And that's crazy. And that's ridiculous. But for Christianity, for example, whenever you take the Bible as literal, I don't I don't I don't know a whole lot of Christians who think the Bible is literal in a majority of it. It's a lot of parable. Yes, I well, I I do know a lot of Christians who believe that it's little, my father is one, for instance. But and and when he says that I believe, you know, that it's literally the word of God. I mean, he thinks like the God may have well as held the man's hand and carved out the words, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the thing: that is a very small subset of right. Christianity. Yes, it is a loud subset, particularly in modern American politics. I agree. Okay. But it's it also low-hanging fruit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not... And Well, and here's the thing. I don't feel like that's a high level of theological discussion. And he's too smart to be punching down. That's the way that I feel like it. That's the way it could, comes off could be, but here's but, but back to the point of why that's a kind of a bad tactic. Like that's, that's not a very great idea if that's your goal, to get to that goal that way. Because... People don't want to look at something and make fun of it and then also want to be part of that group. Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. what people like are going to do is come up with excuses and reasons why their beliefs are different than those. And it's going to ingrain in them even more. So what it reminded me a lot of was and this is something that I like I personally have had problems with. As far as like, I've, I didn't go to church regularly for a long time because I felt like I would run into churches that were very happy about the people in their neighborhoods that weren't coming to that church. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, sure, Jesus loves all of us, but all of us don't have to come to this church. Sure. There is very much that attitude in some places. I feel like he and many of his audience, when when they're they're doing this sort of pointing and laughing, they talk about, oh, well, maybe somebody will follow this train of logic and while they're pointing and laughing, they'll realize it's the same as their own silly beliefs. But what they're really saying is, I wouldn't want those people that disagree with me to be part of my group. Yes. I would feel bad if those people came on my side because those people are all dumb. Whereas, like, if you think you're right, and this goes for Christians, this goes for atheists, this goes for Republicans, this goes for Democrats. If you think you're right, then you should want everybody to agree with you. Well, here's what I hope, and I don't know. <laughs> That's not going to happen because yeah. we're all human. But I'm saying, like, you should make your arguments, and you're, you're, you're absolutely the one that has changed my thinking on this. But you should always endeavor to make your arguments in a, um, like an open and friendly way. Like, yeah. yes, you and I disagree, but let me show you with kindness why I'm right and why you already agree with me. You just don't understand it well enough or whatever. Like, well, you're even not then, seeing even then I think there's a little – so I don't try to get people to think that I'm right. I want people to understand why I believe what I believe. And if the reason that if the reason why I believe what I believe is enough to make me believe that, then maybe it's enough for someone else to believe it or not. You know, it's weird. That's that's like a that is a a very direct and and no 
Christian slang way of saying, I just share my testimony. <laughs> just just share my testimony. No, but I mean, that, but, but it's kind of a philosophy that is used for politics yeah. or for sports, for a player that I really like or don't like. Like, like it's a way to, to have a, a, a conversation instead of an argument. Yes. Well, look at like the um, the State of the Union address. What does the president do? The president fills his box with guests, many of which he points to and recognizes at some point during the speech to give a personal touch point yeah. to whatever initiative that he's discussing. We're going to talk about veterans benefits. Here is, you know, Sergeant Gutierrez, who uh, just got done serving her third term in Iraq or whatever, you know, and she's been injured twice and still serving her country, et cetera, et cetera. She's going to go back to college and be a botanist now because. So so all these things that we're discussing, right? Yes. Here's here's kind of the flip side of that coin because we're kind of in alignment on this podcast. The flip side of that coin is there's an audience for it. (laughs) And the reason there's an audience for it is because of of his style because of the things that he's saying is gathering those minds. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, and I mean, I don't know what his numbers are like. Maybe he's growing all the time and I know he's probably got a larger audience than ours. He's definitely more established than we are. He's been around, he's been doing this a long time, but to me it feels like he's got to be like winnowing and hardening his audience. The people who listen to his show must become over time, if you listen all the time, I would think that you would almost have to become more hardened in your resolve that you, that way of thinking is precisely right. But also, like, the ones who don't get hardened in their resolve would have to stop listening. Like, you'd almost have yeah, to but walk I don't away agree, from I don't agree because there's people are being introduced to podcasts every day. Ah, uh, that's true. You're right. So he's so the audience is going to continue to grow. Yeah, just because the demographics grow. That's what I'm banking on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. That's right. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about how they, how he puts this show together. Let's talk about production values, first of all. It, we said in the first place, I think this is uh, on radio or maybe has been in the past, it is produced exactly like a radio show. There's an intro, they do calls, you know, they, hey, and now we're going to have the guest and here's the guest, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like your average episode. Now, you mentioned there's the, the one episode you listened to, um, Sacred Cows, which was a, well, like a even, replay of the video of his talk um, or something. No, no, no. So the Sacred Cows is him kind of doing his own little infomercial for the book that he okay. just written. Uh, and the cool part about that episode, though, is that he does bring the artist on. Yes. Who's done a ton of work. Like, I want to say he's done SpongeBob. He's done. Oh, wow. No, he's done a bunch of different stuff. The one that did that, the logo that I was looking at a minute ago? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to say he did some stuff for Batman, too. Oh, wow. Um. So that yeah, the sacred cow, the illustr because the book has illustrations in it. So it was kind of cool listening to him. It goes into him just reading a chapter from the book, chapter seventeen, maybe somewhere around there. Um, and then the uh, uh, one of the other episodes I listened to was just the recording of a presentation that he gave about uh, the insanity uh, humanity insanity and humanity the insanity of humanity yeah the insanity of humanity uh, which i think is a catchy title but it's his presentation through that yeah the production values are pretty high truthfully Uh, although uh, i'm going to segue here now into the audio quality we talked a couple of episodes about if you have a like a consistent audio quality it's not as much of an issue uh we mentioned it last week too this was a good example all of the episodes i listened to until the very last episode that I listened to of this show and I listened to in total six all of them were from quite a while ago 
and the audio quality was actually quite low. Yeah. But it was the same across the board. Everybody right. sounded the same, and so I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it at all, even as much of a stickler the, as I am. Yeah, uh, that's the secret. It, this is, I guess, what Stitcher gets away with because nobody ever switches away. You just listen to Stitcher all the time. You don't know. You don't know that you're stuck in hell. But but here's the thing, though. He, and we should have mentioned this, I guess, at the top. He, like us, is a member of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Did you know that? Nope. Yep. He's a blog talker. And he has been for a long time. I said... I got to tell you, that makes a lot of sense knowing how long he's been around. Yeah. I said a couple of weeks ago that this show was using... I thought he was using the the blog talk network yeah. uh, you know live setup their mm-hmm. audio setup which is the old sort of dial it up i don't think you have to dial it up i think you can do it with a headset and computer now and everything. well i know you can cuz i've done the the more recent version of it but anyway i think he was connecting in that way which used to not be great audio quality he is now using if you listen to one of the more recent episodes it sounds a lot better like it sounds as good as any pod it sounds as good as our podcast does and it's because he's on the new system at blog talk radio we do not actually record with that system we just upload the audio there and host it there but you can and you can do it at a pretty high rate at a pretty high quality and he's his are now is what i'm saying right on but again it's the same throughout, so it's not as much of a problem. Although, now that he's in high audio quality, occasionally you'll get a caller who has a crappy mic, and it does all of a sudden stick out. So, there you go. You got anything to add there on audio quality? Nope. Okay. Let's talk about the content then. I got a little bit more. This is, uh, again, from the What Christians Don't Know About the Bible episode. There were lots in this episode that I enjoyed, even though he sort of occasionally rub me the wrong way he in particular and it's uh, do, do you find that the guests are almost always yes much more polite yes. much more circumspect much more whatever they're just kinder gloves you know more kid gloves or whatever i don't know i don't know how to describe it exactly they're just less abrasive about it than he is well they're not trying to put like they're coming on the show but they're like it's not their show uh that makes a yeah yeah maybe they just don't know exactly how far they can take it they're not comfortable being that way i don't know I just think people are nicer than he is. Like he always <laughs> plays the he always plays the the hard ass, so to speak. But so this is from the what Christians don't know about the Bible on demonic possession. We 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 blamed lightning on on you know, angry gods. We we blamed diseases on curses and on witchcraft. And then we found out about germs. And then we found out about brain disorders and things of this sort. And the supernatural answer always turned out to be wrong. And the real answer was better than the supernatural excuse. So you want to talk about my presupposition that there's nothing else out there? No. I believe there is something else out there. I won't begin to speculate what it is. I couldn't guess. But I bet it's better than anything anybody is promoting as a god. The, but the point for me playing that clip, though, is the real answer was better than the supernatural explanation had been. It's, it was more satisfying. And he even admits that he thinks... Whatever the answer is, the whatever the like the cause, the prime mover, the beginning, the sum of it all, whatever that thing is, will be better than all of the things that we have said, we as people have said about what God is. And I say, as a Methodist, yes, I'm sure that it will be. Like that, yes, do that's the whole this is really the summation of my thoughts on this podcast. If you think that the average Christian thinks that like Sunday school stories, children's stories are the summation of what God is, then you are being foolish. Like, like you're the silly one. Does the average churchgoer 
if you ask them, do you believe that you know Noah and the flood really happened? Did Jonah was Jonah swallowed by the well, et cetera, et cetera? Maybe they'll say yes. Maybe they'll say no. I don't know. It probably depends on where they're from and when you ask them and what their education is. But also, they haven't thought about those specifics. That's not the point of Christianity. Is the stories? All of those stories point to a general life ethic and the concept that we come from something greater than ourselves and go back to that greater thing. And in the middle, all we have is to serve each other. That's the, like, that's the point of, of Christianity. The idea that God literally sent his son, his, his being, the person of God, came to earth and put himself in human form to serve other humans. That's the thing. So to me, I think there's a lot to get out of that. And I think they belittle it on a regular basis. They joke at it and they do it and themselves a disservice because I say they. It's mostly just Seth. <laughs> but in this case, his guest was doing it too. Like you're selling yourself short. Like you, if you, you're, as, as you're a smart dude, you ought to be able to come at Christianity with more intelligence. And not just Christianity, but any religion. Like they're, they're not just picking on Christianity. They pick on Christianity more because Seth's from here. Yeah, see, I didn't. I tried not to. I tried not to color my thoughts on this show. I tried to color my thoughts on the show as little as I possibly could. So, my conclusion was, if his goal is to enlighten people to his way of thinking, I don't think the way that he's doing it is a great job, or is the right way to do that job. I think that if his goal is to drive people who think like him and hopefully profit from that, I think he's doing an excellent job. <laughs> so it's all about what his goals are. <laughs> right. So, like, I hope that some of this money that he gets from speaking or the book sales, which who knows how much it is. Maybe it's a bajillion dollars. Maybe it's four bucks. Right. But Dude's like, I I'm do having hope, ramen tonight. What you I, eating? I do hope that some of that money is, hey, if you really believe that way and you think these people are foolish, let's not make them foolish. And and maybe he's building some some schools in an underdeveloped country who have these wacky beliefs and hopefully will over time change that or like maybe build a well somewhere so these people don't have have the the free time yeah. to to actually think about the way the world really works. Yes. And and aren't worry uh, about getting cholera from a bad well. Let's go on into our, our don't miss moments, Josh. Uh, do you have one this week? I've got a good one. No, but I really did enjoy uh, in the insanity of humanity the um, the little uh, snippet about the snake handling preacher who dies and then his son wants to also become a snake handling preacher. So, All right. So this is from the Story of God episode, which is uh, fairly recent. I think it's about a month or two months old now. Chris Matheson is the guest. He was one of the writers on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, I love, see, do you like, which one do you like better? Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen either one of them. If you just ask me, uh, you know, flat, just cold here. I'm going to say Bogus Journey because Bogus Journey is the one where they play death, right? Yeah, and here's the th- and and I'm going to agree with you and say it's Bogus Journey. I wouldn't have said that until I was into an episode of Plumbing the Death Star. And like, what is the worst afterlife? <laughs> and being able to play death in a game of your choosing is not too is is it that bad? No. Well, as it turns out, for them, it worked out really yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this comes from from that episode. Uh, he wrote a book called The Story of God, uh, and I think it's called a a biblical comedy about love and hate or something like that is the subtitle. But the idea is that he effectively like adapted the Bible 
into a prose format. It's the whole story of the Bible condensed down, and it's a very snarky take on it. Uh, he is not a believer. Obviously, if he's on this show, I guess that would be the, that would be the answer. But uh, so here's a little clip, but and I love this clip, and I'm putting it in my dumbest moments because Seth makes an assumption here, and you know what happens, Josh? Sometimes when you make an assumption, when you assume something, yeah, you make a ass out of um. How <laughs> you and me? That's who you make an ass out of. I don't know who um <laughs> is, but they're not a very happy person. <laughs> All right, here you go. So it's obvious from the book you're a smart ass. Um, this normally does not develop late in life. It's normally something I think people are kind of, they just are, right? You've always been kind of that snarky dude, probably, right? Is that a good guess? I don't know about that. I think I was so shy and so introverted and so insecure that whatever smart-assy qualities I had didn't really manifest themselves until probably my, my 20s. I was, I was a very, very insecure kid and... Um, I certainly didn't think of myself that way. I don't know whether anybody else perceived me that way. I would doubt it. All right. So are you going to keep listening, Josh? I, don't, I think this question has answered itself in this episode. Neither one of us are going to keep this up. No, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a couple of, couple of things. We were going to scratch this episode because to make we, room for another show. Well, in, in my original conception, when I'd gone down the list and I was choosing episodes, I said, let's do The Thinking Atheist and we'll pair it with, and there were a couple of different podcasts that had some sort of religious bent in one way or another. And I was like, we'll put you know two back to back, we'll do a religious one, and then we'll do The Thinking Atheist. Because this has been in the hopper for a long time. This, yeah. is a bi- this is a well-known show, it's a long-established show, and he does a good job of it. So it was out there. We dropped the religious show for whatever reason, I think, to put we've in, already done one. Yeah, well, yes, we've already done one, but also yeah. we, we dropped it specifically for the DBSA podcast yes. on the spur of the moment. And when we did that, I think I suggested dropping the Thinking Atheist, and you said no. I did say no. Why? Because if our goal, if what we want to do is introduce new and different podcasts and as many different variations of those as we possibly can to, you know, the audience that makes up the potosphere, this show has to be one that we listen to, has to be one that we review, because even if we don't review it well or we don't really care for it, the listener doesn't have to agree with what we say. And maybe what we're saying is turning them on to that show. And so it deserves to be out there. I, I love it when I set you up uh, with a you know a, a, a toss up ball and you knock it out of the park. That's exactly exactly it. That's the mission. That's what yeah. we're here for, right? It's all about serving the audience. It's exposing so, you guys to great shows. So it was it wouldn't be fair for us to scratch that show for any any reason. Indeed, and hopefully our bias uh, didn't override it too much. I I got to tell you though. I think uh, regardless of your religious opinion, if you listen to it, you'll at least see where we're coming from on the smugness. I guarantee you. And overall. It's a good job. It's just not up our alley. So that's our review of The Thinking Atheist. Again, you can find it at thethinkingatheist.com. You can also uh, find them on uh, blogtalkradio.com. I also feel like we got some good conversation of a podcast that we really didn't care for. So that's a plus. Absolutely. Like I think like we get to have we got to talk about things that we generally don't talk about. Uh no, very much so. All right, let's get to listener feedback here, Josh. Ooh. Uh, this comes from Kellyanne. She posted in our uh, Facebook group. You can find us, by the way, if you go to Facebook.com and search Always Listening Podcast Enthusiasts. She says, anyone else want to see a softball tournament between podcast networks? I'd like to see Maximum Fun versus How Stuff Works or Gimlet versus Radiotopia, NPR versus Adam Carolla, or maybe another game sport. Podcasters are not known for their athletic abilities over, uh, after all. So maybe bowling or even Scrabble. So the Adam Carolla show would win if it came it would down win to all a softball of those tournament. Things. Yes. Yes. 
the NPR guys would end up with like bruises and sprained mm. uh, ankles and things like that. Max Fun, I think, would come in second. Somebody would just be lighting a joint in the dugout, so they'd all just keep wandering in and out. They wouldn't. They would. They, oh, is it our? Is it our turn again? Okay. Well, I feel like your whole infield is just the McElroy brothers. <laughs> That's a good point. They do. They do. Yeah. Kinda, they do round out a pretty good team there. I uh, no. I told her I love this idea. I think this is such a great idea. It could be like the new Battle of the Network Stars or whatever. Somebody should make a podcast about it. They could do a a video podcast series. You know, or a they YouTube could do channel. that. They could just go to Trivial Warfare and make that happen. Oh, just doing it as Trivial Warfare episodes. Yes. Uh, there you go, Jonathan. You get on it, buddy. Uh, you and Chris put it together. Warm it up, Chris. I'm about to. <laughs> yeah, you knew you wanted to. You can help yourself. All right. Thank you, Kellyanne. If, if that happens, you guys owe me and Josh a piece and Kellyanne a little taste too. So uh, there you go. Uh, it's it's all on. Uh, on the podcast now so it's official josh we've got more podcasts coming as listener appreciation quarter continues <laughs> and yeah <laughs> i know listener appreciation month has bled over here into december but there are more podcasts coming we've got two more shows to review from our november list uh that we're behind on those shows are the harland highway yep and spontaneous nation with paul f Tompkins. so Two comedians. Going to lighten this stuff up (laughs) after uh, the No Sleep podcast and the Thinking Atheist. All right, folks, uh, stay tuned. We'll be back soon with that and more. Until then, you can check us out at alwayslisteningpod.com. Or, again, uh, join our Facebook group, facebook.com. Search for Always Listening. Josh, anything else to add? Have a good week. All right. Until the next time, we've been your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And we are Always Listening. Listening is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find more great reviews and our full list of episodes by searching for Always Listening in iTunes or Stitcher. Or go to blogtalkradio.com slash always listening pod. Find us on Facebook and Twitter as well, Always Listening Pod, and email the show, always listening pod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Enough by Bethany Raber.
two guys and a rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.